You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms and the new 110 Ultralight. At about six pounds, the 110 Ultralight is designed to combat elevation and the elements while maintaining the performance of a factory blueprinted Savage 110 action. The carbon fiber wrapped stainless steel barrel makes it durable and lightweight. The rifle comes equipped with the Savage AccuFit technology, so that means it's adjustable and it comes in a variety of calibers. The 308, the 270, the 28 Nosler, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 30 out 6, and much more. If you want to find out more information about the 110 Ultralight, visit SavageArms.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And this week we're talking saddles hunting saddles so i bought a saddle and uh basically given my thoughts and and uh, i guess uh, maybe my thoughts on the other side of the coin you know mostly what you hear about is how how great saddles are so uh, you know i talked through some of the the challenges or struggles i've had with uh getting into a saddle so that's what this week's about. Before we get into that, though, I want to talk about our, our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So Mastin's Deer Scent Company, as as the name sort of implies. But uh, two things that I, I really like about Mastin's. Well, three things. One, they their prices. Their prices are very reasonable. So you're, you're not going to, they're not, not going to gouge you on pricing. Two, they've got a lot of interesting, I'll say, or, or, or somewhat unique products. They've got like things like scented gel crystals. You know, those gel crystals that when you add liquid, they expand, right? They've got those, and you, you can refresh them with new scent, new liquid scent. They've, of course, got liquid scent. They've got deer-scented candles. So <clears throat> lots of interesting things like that. And they are a uh, certified CWD-free facility. So three things I like about Mastin's. If you're looking for scent or want to try scent, check them out, mastinsdeerscents.com, or you can just go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and find all of our sponsor information there. So what's up? What's new? Jeff, you got any uh, updates that uh, we, we, we need to talk about since last week? Uh, yeah, this past weekend was uh, youth gun season. I I took my niece out. Um, the deer just kind of seemed to to disappear. You know, I had done some some pre scouting, and it it was hard not to see deer when I was scouting. You know, you 
you couldn't walk through the woods without, you know, you couldn't walk a hundred yards without seeing a deer. And, but this past weekend, we, we didn't have a lot of luck. Um, we saw a couple of deer, um, and they just never presented shots. You know, we, we jumped one, uh, right, right at last light. And then, uh, we had another one come by and it was, getting pushed like a buck was chasing it a doe um and i i stopped it but right when it stopped it was behind basically the only trees you know put its vitals right behind a tree and stood there and stared at us for two minutes and then once it realized that we were nothing it wanted to mess with it just took off like you know yeah so and then no buck ever followed it so hmm. yeah but, you know learning lessons but no no real success that's a bummer jake and i hunted at his property saturday evening of youth season and it was <clears throat> we were a little crunched for time but i, I don't i don't think the timing was why we weren't successful but we saw them. We just, they just weren't within bow range. They, uh, the, the ones I saw instead of basically coming up through the woods, you know, through Jake's woods, um, <clears throat> they basically squirted right out into the field, uh, behind his house. And so I, you know, they never got within bow range, but, uh, you know, i watched them out there at, at last light. It was, you know, right at last light. Um, saw two bucks sparring out there in the field a little bit. I, it was too dark to tell what they were, but I could hear, you know, they weren't like throwing down by, by any means, but I could hear antlers kind of clicking together and, or I could hear what I thought sounded like antlers clicking together. And I looked around and I saw two deer out in the field, you know, head to head pushing on each other. So that was cool, but, uh, yeah, no luck. Jake, you, you went back out the next morning, right? Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. I went out Sunday morning. Um, trail camera had shown that there was a little increased activity in the mornings. Um, at least in front of the camera, that doesn't necessarily mean what's happening in the woods per se, but so I figured I would squeeze a quick sit in. Uh, before I went to church Sunday and, um, it was raining. It was, uh, relatively uneventful. I jumped deer going in. Um, there's some, you know, there's some feed there. I had put some monster white tail grub out actually before we had even, um, went there cause I was trying to hold the deer so that we could get some shots when we went Saturday evening. But, um, so I jumped deer off the feed going in, um, which is some, a risk you take walking into a place where you're feeding deer. Um, you know, they're typically they're on the food, especially if you're, you know, going in before daylight. Um, and they were, so I, I didn't know what I had jumped off. I just heard deer. I pulled the camera later and saw there was like three or four does there. Um, but I, uh, didn't see or hear anything other than 
um, a little spike buck that I've had. If I was in the market for shooting a spike buck, I probably could have shot him five or six times this year already. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's kind of foolish and hangs around, but, um, so yeah, he came by and I played around with him a little bit and tried different calls just to see kind of how he would react. I've learned that that's, you know, if you're someone who isn't just meat hunting and you have a young buck that you don't want to harvest, um, you don't want to use your buck tag on. I like to try and call at them a little bit just to see how they respond. Um, you know, like whether a doe estrus call, how they respond to that versus a buck grunt versus, you know, rattling antlers together. Um, just to see kind of what they do. If they just lift their head up for a second and look back or if it holds their attention for you know, a minute and they just stare trying to figure it out. So that was kind of cool. I got to experience that real time and just kind of see what he did and didn't do to different sounds. But, um, that was the only deer I saw. So that was the last time I hunted and it'll be the last time I hunt before gun season opens up. So, yeah, I'm going to, I think, I'm going to try to go out locally here one more time. I was talking to Amanda, and I think Friday morning I'm going to go out and see. I was going to go Friday evening, but Ella really wants to help me track and drag a deer, and so you know, doing it in the evening kind of makes that tough. So hopefully if I get one in the morning, she can come out and do all that with me. So, But yeah, then it'll be... We'll be into gun season, so. Anything else you guys want to mention? I don't no, think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I think I'm good. All right. Well, let's get into our episode for this week, then. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so hunting saddles. I bought a saddle. This is, I guess I should preface this with, you know, this is in no way uh, sponsored or, or supported by any saddle company and if any of you have you know out there have sort of been paying attention to the saddle hunting craze i guess you know you'll call it Uh, saddles have been around for a while but here you know the past handful of seasons it seems like they've you know really kind of i don't know gained some momentum that, you know, Tethered's really put a lot of marketing dollars behind, you know, educating people on saddles. And there just seems to be a lot more talk, I guess, about saddles and, and how, you know, what you hear <coughs> is how great they are. And, you know, they're the best thing to hunt out of. And I guess maybe not everybody's saying that, but, you know, they're a good tool to have and 
so on and so forth. So I bought a saddle because I currently or or previously was running a lightweight aluminum stand, a, a, a Hawk Helium, with the you know their lightweight sticks, their longer. Um, and I don't know, these are like the original version of the Hawk sticks. They've since made some upgrades and improvements to the sticks and they offer a shorter mini stick and, and their longer stick. So I have Hawk helium stand with the Hawk lightweight sticks. And that's what I've been, you know, kind of doing hang and hunt with. It works. The problem is you're, you know, you're still carrying a stand. It Now, while it's a lightweight stand, it's still sort of a pain to to carry. It is a pain to carry. It's heavy, you know. Even though it's lightweight, it's still heavy when you get your stand, your sticks, the ropes you need, you know, your bag with all your other gear, extra clothes. You know, it's it's heavy. Flat ground, it's not so bad, but especially when we were down south, you know, at the cabin getting up and down the hills, it's like, man, this is work. But I did it. I killed deer out of it. You know, worked fine. But I, you know, with the lightweight thing, you know, the sort of lightweight benefit of saddle, that's what really kind of appealed to me. And I hem-hawed around about it. You know, you guys know, I talked to you, you know, about it. It was like, I'd really like to try this, but man... I'm having a hard time shelling over, <clears throat> you know, two hundred plus dollars, right, to do this. So, the one benefit I had going for me is I didn't need any other ropes. I had the ropes that I would need, and I had bought lightweight because you know I had the uh, hunter safety system lineman's ropes, tree tethers for my other stand. And they come with those heavy steel carabiners. And while it doesn't seem like much, you know, they're heavy. Mm-hmm. I had, in in an attempt to try to lighten up my tree stand setup, I had already bought lightweight aluminum carabiners to use for that. So long story short, the only thing I really needed was a saddle and some sort of platform or something, you know, for up in the tree. And I figured I could, with some things that I had here, I figured I could kind of DIY something. But I guess where I want to go with this is after hunting, using a saddle, hunting out of a saddle, I'm sort of surprised that you don't hear more about people trying a saddle and not liking it honestly yeah i mean so jason why don't you explain what a saddle is because i had only ever heard of saddles like this past off season i think you told me about them and that was the first time i'd ever heard about them okay so yeah good point so if you haven't heard of a saddle um look up tethered's website You, you, you can I mean, that's, they've got the most sort of marketing and stuff around it. It's T-E-T-H-R-D. It's not E-R-D. 
tethered, I think it's tetherednation.com, but just Google tethered spelled, you know, T E T H R D and you'll find it. But basically, uh, instead of having a full, like your safety harness for a tree stand that, you know, goes between your legs, you know, buckles across your chest or whatever and goes over your shoulders. And then there's a strap that goes up that you're supposed to put, you know, you have a rope around the tree for if you fall out of your stand, whatever, you know, this harness will catch you. Traditional tree stand, you're facing away from the tree. In a saddle, it's basically some some nylon straps, some nylon webbing with some fabric sewn between them. And it's sort of like a sling or a swing, if you will, if you will that uh, goes around your butt, basically. It's got a waist belt. It doesn't go over your shoulders or anything, but it, it basically kind of cups your butt. And then it's got, the different manufacturers have different styles of things, but basically it's got lineman's loops on either side for climbing up the tree. And then you have what's called a bridge, which is a, again, different manufacturers do different things, but it's, you know, a piece of rope or webbing that, uh, is again, attached to the sides of the saddle at your hips. And it, it comes out, hooks through a carabiner and, you know, back down to the, the, your other hip. And that is what ties you to the tree. So you put a rope, think of your, your safety line when you're hunting in a traditional saddle or a traditional tree stand hooks to your back. Now, now turn around and face the tree, unhook that rope off your back and hook it to a rope that's, or, or a nylon webbing that's tied to both of your hips. And so it basically forms kind of like a, I don't know, a triangle or whatever off of your hips where it hooks to the carabiner that is hooked to the rope that goes around the tree. Right easier way to kind of picture it would be more like instead of hooking to the back like you said you're almost hooking to your belt buckle but your belt buckle is not tight to your waist right yes but that's where it's connecting is that where your belt buckle would be (laughs) yeah yeah but the the bridge this piece of rope or webbing that comes off your hips is you know say 30 inches long or something right so Instead of sitting in a tree stand facing away from the tree, you're hanging in a saddle facing the tree. And you are, your rope, that's another difference. Your rope that attaches you to the tree, called your tether, your tether rope, almost always has tension in it. Whereas in a a traditional stand, that rope is typically slack until you fall or, you know, something goes wrong. Then that rope, you know, pulls tight and stops you from mm-hmm. falling all the way to the ground, basically. In a mm-hmm. saddle, that rope is always tight and hooked to your saddle, which you are leaning back in to put tension in that rope. Does that make sense, Jeff? Yeah, it makes a fair amount of sense. I mean, it's 
it's a very hard concept to explain in words without yeah. a visual. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, another, basically, another... it's a swing. Yes. I mean, kind yeah, of. Another comparison is if anyone's ever went zip lining, exact same concept. When you zip line, it's the same harness, essentially, that you're sitting in. It wraps around your butt. And normally, when you zip line, that comes from your waist up to a carabiner, a buckle. It's all on the line. Right. Um, so it's the same concept. That's what's supporting you is a webbing seat that wraps around your legs and your butt. And then from your waist up to, and you know, you're zip lining up to the zip line when you're hanging from the tree up to your rope. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a more comfortable rock climbing harness. You know, if you're like trying to get a visual, think about a rock climbing harness. It's got straps that go around your legs, go around your waist, <clears throat> but add more fabric to it so that it, instead of like when you're, you know, cause a, a rock climbing harness again is like something to catch you if you fall. So it, they're not really built for comfort. Saddles are built to, you know, be sat in all day. So they're built more for comfort. So there's fabric in them that's supposed to support you more <clears throat> and keep it comfortable. So that sort of brings us, so I bought a saddle, right? Again, it, check out Tethered's website. You'll, you know, it'll make more sense. If you've never, if you've never seen a, a seen a saddle or heard of a saddle, <clears throat> I didn't buy a Tethered saddle because I was, one, I, I wasn't sure I was going to like it. And it just seemed like too much money. Their cheapest, well, they just came out with some cheaper saddles, but, uh, you know, at the time, and their cheapest saddle was two hundred dollars, and right, it and that just was felt, just the saddle, right? That's nothing. Yes, There's yes. other accessories. No ropes, no this. no bags, no yeah. That is just the saddle. No platform, no nothing, right? Just this piece of fabric. Which I still don't, I mean, this is a digression, but I still don't understand why saddles are as expensive as they are. I, uh, other than because they can be, because people are willing to pay it. Because it's certainly not in material and, you know, even if you think about like the insurance cost, right? You can buy a rock climbing harness for $60. They've got the same liabilities and insurance costs as a saddle. They are claiming right. they will protect, you know, keep you from falling out of a tree and, you know, ser incurring serious bodily injury. So you can't tell me that it's an insurance thing. You can't tell me that it's a materials thing because it's it's more or less the same materials that a rock climbing harness is. There's some nylon webbing. There's some fabric a lot of them just use like a a mesh to can you know that to kind of cradle your butt it's just there's a few buckles it's just not two hundred dollars worth of materials so the only thing i can figure is that people are willing to pay 200 to 300 dollars for these things and so that's why they charge 200 to 300 dollars for these things right well and because I mean, I don't know what it's like now, but in the early days of the 
reinvention of the saddle, I mean, tethered was on back order. You couldn't even get a tethered saddle. Right. Like brand, I'll call it brand name. <laughs> I mean, when you talk saddles, tethered is the cream of the crop. That's the one everybody knows of. Um, whether that's, you know, we're not here to say whether they're actually better than the others or not, because Jason's the only one who's tried a saddle and it wasn't a tethered saddle, so we can't really compare. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Um, but, you know, they're the, they're the name, which is why their saddles can cost a little more because people pay for a name. Yeah. And like I said, there was a time when you couldn't even get one. I mean, you would have to order one and it would be, you know, six months until you would get your saddle. Yeah. And they're not even the most expensive saddle out there. I mean, there's more expensive saddles than tethered as I discovered. Um, so anywho, I bought a trophy line saddle. I bought a trophy line saddle purely on cost. They, as far as I can tell, as far as I was able to find in my research, offer the best bang for your buck when it comes to getting into saddle hunting. Their saddles come with uh, bags, pouches that mount. So when you when you look at saddles, almost all of them have molly webbing sewn onto them to where you can hook different bags or accessories to them. A lot of guys will run a, a pouch for their lineman's rope. It just goes in this pouch and it rides right on your hip. And then they'll run another pouch for their their tree tether and, you know, any kind of other accessories that they want readily available as you, they're either climbing the tree or setting their platform up or hanging their bag or bow, you know, like those kinds of things. It's nice to have somewhere to put them as you're climbing the tree. They're readily accessible. You can get to them. Their saddles come with those and the price for their saddles with those bags is cheaper than any other saddle I could find. So that's why I bought it. Not because I thought it was the best saddle, not because I bought it purely because I wanted to try saddle hunting and it was the, the best bang for your buck that I could find. <clears throat> so I guess that's important to know. I, I haven't tried any other saddles. I've only tried this saddle. Again, that being said, after using it, I'm surprised you don't hear more people saying, oh man, this is, this is not for me because it's, it's very different. And here's why, I guess, like, so especially if you're coming from hunting off the ground or hunting out of preset stands or ladder stands like this is going to be like totally foreign, right? I was already using a hang and hunt setup where I'm setting up and tearing down every time I'm carrying everything on my, in in on my back and I'm trying to go up the tree once. So I'm not climbing up, setting a stick, climbing back down, getting another stick, climbing back up, setting the second stick. Everything goes up the tree with me. I set the stand, I get in the stand, I pull my bow up, and I hunt. Same with the saddle, <clears throat> but it's, I don't know, it, 
like I had my hang and hunt system figured out. This sort of broke everything. <laughs> my hang and hunt system, you know, I had a, a to carry stuff in. I had my stand. I had bought the like the military surplus, um, whatever the Alice pack shoulder straps and the hip belt. I had mounted those to my stand. <clears throat> the stand gives me a very nice place to strap my sticks to. Now I'm not carrying a stand and I'm just carrying a backpack. Now I've got to figure out how do I get my sticks into the woods with me? So it right. broke that. I'm, you know, I'm like trying to figure out, is there a way that I can strap these to my bag where they're not going to flop around? They're not going to bang me in the back of the calf as I'm walking or they're not, if I mount them sideways, well, these are, my sticks are kind of long. So it's just like carrying a stand through the brush. It's, you know, it's sticking out past my shoulders and, you know, it's like, so it, it broke that system. So you got to figure that out. Then you get to the tree and I don't know why, but cause it feels like it's the same as far as like getting up the tree. I didn't change my sticks. My sticks are the same. Right. <clears throat> but getting up the tree then you get to the top, and I guess it is a little different in that I would, with my stand, I would leave my pack and my bow on the ground, and I would have the stand on my back as I climbed. So I would get to the tree, I would take everything off my back, I would disconnect my stand, my sticks from my stand, my backpack from the stand. Cause I just hadn't, I wasn't wearing my backpack as a backpack. I would just had it strapped to my stand. Everything strapped to the stand. I would climb the tree, stand on, get to the top, my, my last stick. I would put, you know, shrug my stand off, put it on the tree strap, climb in, you know, I've got my ropes with me, so I'm safe. I'm, you know, put my, <clears throat> my, you know, my safety rope in the tree, hook my, harness into it, step into the stand, safe the whole way up, pull my bow and pack up. And at that point, like I'm in my stand, you know, I can set my pack on the seat of my stand while I'm, you know, either screwing in a hook or, or, you know, putting a strap on to hang stuff. And like, I've got places to put things once I'm up at the top of my steps and in my stand while I'm getting sort of situated to hunt. But at the very least, I've got my bow up there. And if a deer does come by, I can shoot it. With a saddle, <clears throat> at least right now, and I've spent, let me see here. I've done one, two, three, five or six hunts out of this saddle. I sat till one o'clock the one day, then the other hunts were, you know, a couple hours in the morning, couple of, I probably got more than five hunts. I've got, well, no, because I was thinking I, I hunted morning and evening one day, but the one day I went in and ended up hunting from the ground. I had my saddle on and with me, but I ended up hunting from the ground. So yeah, let's say I've got six hunts out of this thing and you know, a handful of hours at this point, you know, I hunted, like I said, till one o'clock the one day. And then, you know, let's call it two, three hours for the other 
in the morning or evening for the other five hunts. <clears throat> so whatever that adds up to. Um, so a, a fair bit of time. It's not like I've, you know, hunted out of this thing for two hours and, you know, right. I don't have a full season in, but I've got some time in it at this point. The, <laughs> the first time <clears throat> climbing was, it was, I don't know, it was a bear. I should have, I should have practiced more in my yard. I don't have a good tree to climb in my yard. So I, I had done some stuff at ground level and thought I was good, but wasn't. But, but anywho, I guess to, I'm jumping all over the place here. To get back to like, so I explained my system for getting up with a hang and hunt stand. When you climb to the top of your sticks with a saddle, there's nowhere to put anything. Even with a platform, you know, if, if you're not familiar with like saddle hunting platforms, they're basically, you know, either, um, you know, think of a mini tree stand with no seat that is only big enough to put your boots on. Right. Alum an aluminum platform that's big enough to put your feet on. There's still nowhere to put anything to like set it for a second while you're going through the pockets of your, your bag. So I guess I say all that to like, it also broke that system, right? Like I had to relearn that. How do I get my gear in the tree? How do I get my bow up? Right. Cause you don't, you can't pull your backpack up and then get your screw, whatever you're using to hang your pack or hang your bow. You can't pull your right. backpack up and then get that out of your backpack and then put that in or on the tree because you have to hold your backpack. Right. Yeah. So now what I do is I made a little DIY platform. I set to my saddle, to the back of my saddle as I climb. My backpack is on my back. So I get to my top step. I reach around back and right now I'm just using one of those it's just that flexible wire you know people call it those like those night ice gear ties it's not a night ice gear tie but it's the same you know that plastic coated flexible wire I use that to hook it to the back of my saddle my my platform so and maybe th maybe that's part of my problem is like I, I've got a DIY platform it's a little bit of a pain like my stand, I feel like I could get my stand in the tree faster than I, this, this platform takes a little bit of fiddling with. And that's like a reoccurring theme. Like there's fiddle factor in everything, at least at this point in my journey of saddle hunting, there's fiddle factor in everything. And that time adds up in getting into the tree to hunt to where it's like, man, I feel like I've been in the woods for a while now and I'm still not ready to hunt. Right. You know, like it's a big, getting daylight and I'm still fooling around with my platform. Right. And that's a real big deal, especially for us who we don't have unlimited time to hunt. A lot of right. our hunts are quick after work or, you know, I'm going to run out in the morning and I got to be home by noon. 
So if I don't right. shoot something by nine, I might as well get out of the tree because I can't recover a deer. You know, I don't have time. Yeah. So right. that, I don't want to call it wasted time, but that time, it really plays mind games with you when you know you only have a few hours and you're spending one of them just trying to get ready to hunt. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, the way I do it now, the strap or the stand, the stand, the platform straps to my saddle, my backpack's on my back, I get to the top of my sticks, I put the set, the platform on the tree, I climb onto the, I, well, I put my tether in the tree, and that's another part of it. In a stand, your tether, like the height of it, yeah, they say get it as high as you can so that if you fall, you're not falling that far. But, right, I, you know, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I never paid too much attention to the height. I put it in the tree, and, and where it went, it went, you know, sort of thing. In this, you know, I try to put my platform at roughly the same height as my last step. So I'm, let's say I'm standing on my, uh, well, well, let's say I'm standing on my top step. I put my, I, I'm having a hard time explaining it because it's like my, I try to put my platform at the height of my top step, but the way this platform works, you got to cam it over. And so it's, you got to get the rope length just right so that it'll cam over and, and be tight, but not so tight that you can't physically get the thing cammed over. Um, and so long story short, the platform never ends up being at the exact same height as <clears throat> the last step on my sticks. So I put my tether in the tree which hooks to my bridge that's in, you know, <clears throat> in front of my waist. I'm also connected to the tree with my lineman's rope at this point. I step onto my platform. So I'm standing on a platform that is big enough for my boots, right? There's no moving around. So standing on this platform without tension in your ropes is very, very nerve wracking for me because there's not a lot of room for error to where you slip off this platform and yeah, your ropes are going to catch you. I'm, I'm hooked. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to die. Right. If I fall, because I'm not going to hit the ground, I'm hooked to the tree, but I could fall, you know, run one of the steps on my, on my tree steps up my shin and gash my shin open, you know, like bad things could happen if you step off of this platform. Again, in a tree stand, there's room to move around. Your tether height, you know, you don't feel nervous, or I didn't, if my tether wasn't tight, right? I'm in my stand, I'm, you know, I've got a platform to kind of maneuver around on. With a saddle, you've got a place for your boots to go. So now you climb into the, into the platform, you... Now I'm taking, there's again, this fiddle factor. I'm adjusting my tether higher up, getting my, my, my sliding prussic knot that 
that is, you know, like on, it's the same rope that you would use to, to hook into your traditional harness. I'm sliding that prussic knot down or up to get tension. I'm sliding it up basically to get tension in my saddle so that I can, you know, kind of lean back into my saddle and feel like, okay, I'm supported. I'm not going to step off of this thing and fall six inches or, you know, cause that's what it would probably be, right? Like I didn't get my platform exactly right. It's off six inches. I reached up as high as I could and put my, my tether around the tree, hooked my saddle to it. Now I step up six inches. There's six inches of slack in that, right? So, you know, I'm adjusting that tether until I get to a point where I've got tension in the system. I can kind of lean back or sit in my saddle and feel somewhat secure. Again, that fiddle factor. Now, <clears throat> I've got a strap again. I've got those pouches on my sides. I've got a strap that, that I put around the tree that's got hooks on it to hang my bow and my pack. I get that strap in. I pull my bow up and I hang my bow. I take my back my backpack off. I hang my backpack and I'm now I'm hunting. But there was a lot of, you know, like Jake, like you said, a lot of wasted time. So before I continue, what do you guys have any questions or, or comments you want to add? Um, no, I guess not really other than for me, cause I'm, I've also been tossing around the saddle idea. So I was glad you did it first. Cause now I can bounce all the questions off you, but, um, that's my biggest concern or like hesitation is I am by no means as, I mean, I don't know, you're an engineer for a living. So right. I'm by no means as like DIY as you are with steps and, um, you know, like, cause if you've listened to previous episodes, you would know this, but like Jason has aiders on his steps, which if you don't know what aiders are, it's basically like putting an extra step on your steps to make them longer. It's a rope step. Um, right. So I guess my biggest concern is kind of exactly what you're struggling with is that fiddle factor. I feel like I would spend so much time fiddling around with trying to get it to work right. Cause I don't come from a mobile hunting setup. You know, I come from a climber stand or set pre-hung setups. Right. Uh, which a climber is a, is a mobile setup, but it, you're, you know, you're not figuring out a climbing method and right. a stand, it's all in one. Right. You're right. limited in what trees you can hunt because you need a telephone pole tree or, or you know, something that has small branches that you can break off or if right. you're on a hunt, you know, property where you can cut a branch. But right. It's all sort of figured out for you. Basically, yeah. You don't carry your, you know, you're not carrying your steps in. You're not having to set up steps while, you know, it's all you just work your way up the tree. And then once you're up there kind of like you said you're in a stand so you have plenty of places to set you know i same thing you do i leave my pack um you know and bow and then i pull my pack up and i set it down in the seat of the climber and then i unpack everything i need out of there and i get situated um so i guess not so much i guess a clear question but like a 
agreement and comment is like that I fear would be especially for me a big issue because I'm the type of person who you never know what you're going to need. I bring way too much into the woods. I'm not a minimalist when it comes to hunting. Um, You know, so it's like if you, I feel like you have to be an extreme minimalist to use a saddle. So not that it's not a useful tool, but I feel like it's got to be a use. It's got to be used in certain situations. I don't, I don't know that I would, able to just use a saddle all the time right you know even if i yeah. got good at it i feel like i would only be able to use a saddle for that one time that i'm going into the belly of the beast that i just want to not hang up you know be really concealed and quiet and but like all day sit i'm feeling like i need some luxury right okay we need to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor monster whitetail grub so Monster Whitetail Grub is a deer feed company, and they've got what you need for feeding deer, attracting deer to your your hunting locations, getting them in front of your cameras, whatever it is you're looking to do, they've got something to fit the bill. They've got their signature Monster Whitetail Grub feed, which, which we've used and have had great success with. They've got their flavored corn options, different flavors and things, and they've got just straight mineral. So... Whatever you're looking for, they have it. You can find more information about them and, and how to get some of their product at ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and reach out to them. And there might be a retail location near you that has it. I, I, I know they're getting into more and more retail spots, so check for that. And if not, you can order direct from them and work out shipping or, or how to get it to you. They're, they're an Ohio company, so... Odds are they're not that far from you. So with that, let's jump back into the conversation. Yeah, and I didn't mention like the sticks because that didn't change for me, right? That part of the system didn't change. Like you said, you know, I've I've talked a little bit about, but there is like a learning curve on that is, you know, a climber. Like you said, you, you know, there's a, there's a, and Jeff, you, you know, when you were trying your, your climber this season, you, you ran into this is like how tight or loose do I set that strap to get up the tree so that my platform is close to level when I get to hunting height and like there's that fiddle factor that you got to learn right but getting up the there's tree is getting a up learning the, factor right with the the sticks there's a fiddle factor of like how far apart do I space these because if I hang this too high well I can't get my boot up there onto the step if I hang it too low, then I'm, you know, my sticks are 30 inches long. So if you stack them on top of each other, right, you're 30, 60, 90 inches off the ground. And you're, right. you, you know, know, it's like, well, that wasn't, <laughs> right, right. That wasn't effective, you know. So you're trying to maximize your height. I, I use three steps, three sticks with a one step aider on, on each stick. And I can get plenty high with that setup, but that setup didn't change. So that's why I didn't really mention it, but yeah, going from a climber or that's why I said, if you're coming from like a, a, um, preset stands or ladder stand, like this going to a saddle from that is a, it's a huge leap. So 
Jeff, any questions for you before we continue? Uh, well, the only question I have within your with your setup is, so getting rid of your stand because that's really what you did. Yeah. Um, how much weight loss did you get? Like how? Because I, you know, you have your platform, which you know adds weight, but you got rid of the stand. So, what what is your weight loss? Do you know? I didn't weigh it, but it is significantly more comfortable to carry. Uh-huh. Like I don't put my cuz I'm I'm wearing my saddle in and I'm putting my backpack on that has my sticks tied to it. I don't put my backpack on and go, "Okay, here we go." Whereas mm-hmm. like with my stand, you know, I would shrug that thing on and it's like, "Oh, oh my gosh, this thing, you know." And I think part of it Cause I would, I would put my stand and my sticks on and go, Oh, that's not so bad. But then I put my pack on it that has like my ropes and extra clothes and calls and, you know, knife and drag all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think because it was my stand, my sticks on top of that. And then my pack on the back of that, I think with that, that big weight of my backpack hanging that far off of my back, it made that hard to carry. Like you had to have a waist belt to carry that thing because that much pulling on your shoulders, it, it would have, it would have broke you down pretty quick. If you got that set up, you know, that waist belt cinched down on that stand and you know, you got the weight riding on your hips. It, I mean, it was weight, but it wasn't too bad, but it's much nicer to carry this stuff in than it was to carry my stand in. I don't have this big wide thing on my back and the weight. I don't know. And I don't have a number, Uh but you could look up, you know, my saddles, uh, you know, a couple pounds. My stand was probably, I don't remember. You could probably look up the Hawk Helium. It was the bigger one because they have one now that's got like this little tiny platform on it. It's got, it's, it was like the Hawk Helium XL or something, I think. You know, so it was, I don't know, somewhere 12 to 14 pounds, I would guess, was that stand. So I took four, you know, figure my pack is the same because I've got the same ropes, I've got the same gear, my sticks are the same. So I went from a 12 to 14 pound stand to a three, four pound saddle, three pound saddle. If you, I, I think if you take the ropes out, you know, or probably three pounds or something, I don't know. Not that mm-hmm. heavy. Yeah. So, I just looked up on uh Hawks website. They say it's 12 pounds. The X. Okay. So. Well, and the big thing for me coming from a climber, um, it, not only the weight, but the bulkiness is a big draw for me to try a saddle because there's no way where we hunt to get into the woods quietly carrying a stand on your back in the sense of like silent, you know what I mean? Like quiet, quiet. Cause everything's hitting your stand 
so with just a saddle, you know, I mean, there's no metal. Right. And if there is, it's all contained inside of a pouch, a, you know, a side pouch, a backpack, whatever it is you're carrying. Um, so there's, but cause where we hunt, we don't hunt 99% of our hunting is not, you know, like ag fields yeah. <laughs> or mode paths. You know, we're going into public land, national forest, where it's, there's saplings, there's broken, blown, you know, there's blowdown, there's, it's, you know, it's not manicured by any means. So for my, that's my big thing, getting in to hunt with my climber, is no matter how slow I go, it, you can't be quiet about it, because, you know, you step over a log, and then you're, climber gets hooked on it or you know it's just there's yep. all kinds of that stuff so that's one yep. of the big draws i have to trying it or getting into it it's like it'd be so much easier for me to get to where i want to go yeah to hunt that, so you know i mentioned the one hunt i hunted from the ground i wouldn't have been able that wouldn't have worked out had i been going in with a stand on my back because i walked through a, a thick area and then found a spot where it opened up. Had I had just walked through there with a, a stand on my back and everything clinking and tinking and hooking on it. And like, you know, I would have been like, well, I, you know, I just made a giant racket coming through here. There's, there's no way, you know, that this is going to work. So I need to go keep going. But with the saddle, I didn't end up. I didn't end up climbing a tree because I found a spot that was good to hunt from the ground. And that is one perk. And you, you'll hear guys talk about that. That is like, I don't feel so invested in hanging this stand or, or hunting out of this saddle because I didn't put all the effort to carry this thing in here. Right. With a stand on my back is like, well, I carried this darn thing all the way in here, all the way to the top of this hill. I'm darn right. sure I hunting gotta... out of it because I didn't do all that work right. for nothing with a saddle you know, there again, it's like, I don't have this big stand that I've got to get off my back and like, you know, lay on the ground and, and like, I just, I don't know, I just take my backpack off and take my sticks off my pack and hunt from the ground versus like, I've got this stand that I've got to figure out what to do or, or, you know, so that's a, a definite perk is that like sneak ability, getting into tight spots, being stealthy, Huge, huge perk for saddles. So I guess getting back to my sort of experience with it, now we're in the tree, we're hunting. If you read on the forums and stuff, you hear people talk about comfort. Like, you know, I love hunting out of my saddle because it's so comfortable. Or, oh, this, this, you know, this thing's so comfortable. I... And again, I've only ever sat in one saddle. I would not call a saddle uncomfortable, but I wouldn't call it comfortable. You know, you'll see on forums and, and on like saddle hunting Facebook group that like, oh, my saddle is more comfortable than, than my hang on stand. That has not been my experience. Again, it's I, not uncomfortable. It can be uncomfortable, but like what's uncomfortable about sitting in a stand it you know is sitting on a bench uncomfortable like i you know it's not 
it's not uncomfortable to sit in a, if you get tired of sitting, then you can stand in your stand. If you get tired of standing, you can sit in your stand in a saddle. You can sit, you, you, you know, you can adjust your, your tether a little bit to where you can more sit in your saddle and take the weight out of your feet. You can tighten things up and stand and, and, you know, sort of lean in it. Think about a swing set, right? If you, if you, put the swing on your butt and back up to where there's the chains are tight and lean into that swing. That's the same sensation you have in a saddle where like the saddle is cradling your backside. It's supporting some of your weight. Feet are also supporting you. That's what it feels like to sit in a saddle. Although it's not a swing, it's, nylon webbing and some mesh or fabric that's holding you up. So again, we come back to the fiddle factor in a saddle. I feel like there's fiddle factor in staying comfortable. Like you can get into a position where you're like, Oh yeah, this is, this is great. But you sit there for an hour and it's like, man, this, top strap, you know, cause again, like I said, there's typically two webbing straps, one in the top and one in the bottom. The top one kind of goes around the top of your butt, your low back. The other one goes around the back of your legs, bottom of your butt, you know, your, your, you know, upper thigh, lower butt region. And then there's fabric in between those two straps. So you sit there for, you know, half hour or something you're like man this top strap is really kind of digging into my guts so i need to adjust and so you you slide the saddle down or something and now it's putting more pressure in your legs but it's relieved the pressure off your back and now you're thinking you know little time goes by and you're like man it's kind of digging into my legs i'm gonna sit for a little while well when you sit you know gravity wants to do what gravity does and it wants to pull you down toward the tree, which either drives your knees into the tree or you've got to like straddle the tree and put your legs around it. If you're in a big tree, that's really uncomfortable because it's forcing your legs out. The saddle around your hips is pulling in. And so it kind of wants to dig into your outer thigh. If you're in a small tree, you can, you could certainly sit and straddle the tree and it. I think it would, I haven't done that, but I think it would be pretty comfortable. Think about sitting in a hammock, you know, but instead of the hammock being attached to two trees, you know, eight feet apart, the hammock kind of wraps around your butt and attaches to a single tree in front of you, right? Like that's, so, you know, then you get into, I guess the point I'll, I'll make on, on comfort is tree stands I mean, I guess they have like luxury climbers that's like sitting in a recliner. It's padded. It's this, it's that, but there's not a lot of like products for comfort in a tree stand because it's, you know, we're used to sitting or standing with saddle hunting. It's all all about like, how do you get comfortable in a saddle, right? Like that all the new saddles are coming out with comfort channels to adjust like the pitch of the saddle. Is it putting more pressure in my butt or is it putting more pressure in my back? Is it, 
knee pads or pads that go around the tree so that when you kneel up against the tree, it's more comfortable. Um, you know, it's all about finding comfort. You're back to that like fiddle factor of finding comfort. It's not like put a stand in the tree and sit and it's comfortable, you know, as comfortable as sitting on a, a metal bench or something, you know, there's that fiddle factor of like figuring out what's comfortable, how high should, cause it's, it's all sort of angles, if you will, right? Like your tether height, which again is that rope that connects to the tree that is hooked to your bridge sort of out in front of you, how high you put that in the tree determines where it puts pressure. If it's, if it's, I think, let me think about this. If it's up high, like as high as you could reach, it's going to, one, you're going to, I haven't really done this, but I think you would feel like you're wanting to slide out of the bottom of the saddle. Now the saddle has leg straps on it, so you're not going to slide out of the bottom of it, but, but it, it would also be putting pressure, I think, into that bottom strap. It's going to tilt that saddle, change the pitch of that saddle. It's going to rock it back to where that bottom strap kind of comes up and wants to dig into the back of your legs. If you put that strap too low, then you've got a lot more pressure in that upper strap across your back and like your love handle region. Um, another thing that like, I haven't heard anybody talk about, but if you've got stuff in your back pockets, if you carry a pocket knife in your back pocket and you're, I mean, sit in a swing, a playground swing with a knife in your back pocket, after a while that gets uncomfortable. Right. Same thing in a saddle, right? If you've got stuff in your back pockets, a a pocket knife clipped to your back pocket or something, that is going to dig into your butt and put pressure be uncomfortable so maybe i I just haven't found the right saddle but i would not say that a saddle is more comfortable than a tree stand i wouldn't call them uncomfortable because again you can adjust things right like if, if one position gets uncomfortable you can pull the saddle down you can pull the saddle up you can you know lower your prussic knot to where you're, you know, you want to sit more or you lean farther out from the tree, you can raise it up. You can raise your tether height. You can lower your tether height. You, you know, there's things that you can do to find comfort and, and stay comfortable in the tree. But there's that fiddle factor, you know, I guess I just keep coming back to that. Like you got to play with it. You're not just going to set it up, sit and be, and I guess you're not in a, in a, tree stand either right like sitting gets uncomfortable okay i'm gonna stand up for a little bit okay you know my legs or my feet are starting i'm gonna sit down you know and like so you have that a little bit in a traditional tree stand as well i guess um but it just seems like again back bands that's the other thing right They, they sell back bands that go around your upper back to you know and to sort of support the upper half of your body those, those help, but again, it's like, you know, it's another thing to like help you with comfort in a saddle that if you read the forums are so super comfortable, well then why are there all these products and, and features on a saddle to like help you be comfortable if they're just so super comfortable, I guess. 
Right. That's what I'm getting out of this is that they're they're not really comfortable, but you can do things to make them bearable and that the the main luxury of, you know, in upgrading your saddle is becoming more comfortable. Yeah, that's what I'm getting out of this. Yeah. Like I went into it reading the forums and hearing the marketing and stuff. They're like, oh, they're super comfortable sitting them all day thinking I'm going to get in a tree, lean back in this thing, and it's just going to be great. And that wasn't my experience. Again, I'm not trying to say that that I suffered or or anything like that. You can. And I did have one hunt where I kind of suffered and I'll get into that. But um, it's not, you're not just going to get up there, lean back and just sit there like a statue. There's again, the fiddle factor, right? You're going to, I need to pull the saddle down. I need to pull the saddle up. I need to, you know, my, even though the saddle is supporting the bulkier weight, you know, there's still like weight in your feet. And so it's like, I need to take some weight out of my feet because my feet are starting to hurt or, you know, your feet are, because you're leaning back, you're not standing straight up and down. Your ankles aren't on a 90 degree. They're like, you know, your, your feet are flat on the platform, but your legs are tipped backwards because you're leaning away from the tree. So like your ankles are weird and you're, you're pinched weird in your boots or, so I'm going to, I'm going to move my feet out and stand more on the edge of my platform so that I can get more of that 90 degree bend in my ankles for a little while or, you know, like that sort of thing. So they're not, uncomfortable but i i don't agree with everybody saying oh these things this the greatest it's so comfortable maybe it's my saddle that's another thing i have read is like you got to find the right saddle for you your body shape you know tethered makes uh let me see now they've got one two three i think they have four different saddles now one of the most recent ones they came out was is the menace and they say in their description, um, you know, more comfortable for more full-figured hunters or, or more f- full-figured body shapes or something. So it's like, it's sort of like clothing or, you know, like you're going to wear this thing. You need it to be comfortable. And so it needs to fit your body shape right, which is a, a sort of a con for saddles in that a tree stand is a tree stand, right? Like it's, you know what you're getting. Maybe there's a thicker cushion or something, you know, like, uh, but a saddle, it's, it's, it's like, man, you want me to spend $200 on something that might not fit my body, right? You know, you'll read a lot on like the, the, the saddle hunting forums and, and Facebook groups that like, oh, you should try to, and, that's one thing I will say about saddle is like the saddle hunting community is super, super helpful. If you have a question about saddle hunting, odds are it's been asked and answered multiple times on either the saddle hunting forum or saddle hunting Facebook group. But if you ask it, somebody will either point you to the conversation where it was answered or answer it again or whatever there's always people posting different, like, oh, I figured out this new way to climb, or, oh, I, you know, like, they're just people that like to tweak and tune and share, and I tried this, it worked, it didn't work, whatever. Um, 
where was I going with that? Oh, you'll read on the forums that like, oh, try to find some people in your area that have a saddle that will let you sit in their saddle. That's sort of a, like, and while saddle hunting people are, from what I've seen, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, you know, we can meet somewhere and you can sit in my saddle and try it out. They're pretty willing and eager to do that. That's not a thing for tree stands, right? Like, oh, I need to see if your tree stand fits me right. You know what I mean? Like, it's a tree right. stand. So it's kind of hard, you know, like I got to spend 200 plus dollars now, the saddle I bought wasn't $200. Again, that's why I bought it. Um, to buy something to see if it fits my body shape or style. You know, maybe I like to stand more than I like to sit, or maybe I like to sit more than I like to stand. And so they can do things in building the saddles to make it more comfortable for somebody that likes to sit versus stand, or stand versus sit, or, you know. But... Uh, it's hard to know that until you've put it on and logged some time in a tree with it, you know? So that's sort of a, a con that I've discovered in, especially in reading like about comfort after sitting in a saddle, you know, it's like, you see a lot of people like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta try some saddles, which is great in theory, but like, can could be somewhat difficult in practice if you don't have people in your area that saddle hunt or aren't willing to come let you sit in their saddle. Again, sitting in a saddle for five minutes is very different than sitting in a saddle for an hour, two hours, three hours. <clears throat> so Right. But that's the other thing. I mean, and with the current health situation, it's not really right. ideal, but... Um, you know, trade shows or whatever, you can try out saddles. Right. But again, you're sitting in a saddle for five minutes. You're not sitting in a saddle for five hours. It's a big difference. Yeah. So there's that. Um, The other thing, I guess, to kind of go back to getting into a tree, that's another thing that saddle hunting people will say is like, I can hunt out of any tree, anywhere, anytime, you know, that's a benefit of hunting out of a saddle versus a hang on stand. And I don't find that to be true either in that. Yes, you can hunt more stand, more trees than a climber. You can probably hunt more trees than a hang on, but you still have the same issues or not the same issues. You have other issues to consider when hunting out of a saddle. A leaning tree becomes difficult out of a saddle. If you hang on the high side of a leaning tree, right? Like, let's say you're looking at a tree and it's leaning to the left. If you hang on the right side of it on a saddle, as you maneuver around the tree, gravity is going to want to pull you to the low side. Right. So you could get into a situation where like you kind of get swung around the backside of the tree because gravity does what gravity does and it doesn't care about you in your saddle. And it pulls you to the low side and now you're like trying to get back up into your onto your platform or, you know, like 
so leaning trees and yes while i probably wouldn't have put my hang on stand in a terribly leaning tree um i feel like lean even a little bit of a lean is kind of weird in a saddle right cuz like you get around that sort of center of gravity and you want to like fall to the back side of the tree. If you hang on the, the low side of the tree, then like your it throws your, your tether angles and everything off, right? Like you're okay. instead of being, you know, like away from the tree, 20 degrees with, which, um, you know, relative to the ground and the force of gravity is one thing. But if that tree is leaning 20 degrees and now you're leaning away from the low side of the tree, 20 degrees, you know, you're getting to where like you're almost laying above the ground and it, you know, you're, you're back to like that comfort thing. Whereas in a hang on stand, you just hang your stand and, you know, a lot of them have, adjustment screws for your seat angle, right? You can kind of level your seat and you sit and hunt. Yeah. The tree might, you know, if you hung a, a hang on stand on the low side of a leaning tree, the, the, the tree might be, um, you know, kind of leaning up against your back a little bit or something, but it's where you're kind of hunched over. So I guess that's, it's un, it's somewhat uncomfortable in a hang on stand, but it's not, it's not any tree, anytime, anywhere. That's, I don't, that's not true either. The other thing that you, that I've figured out that you got to pay attention to, again, going back to your tether height in a hang on stand, your tether height doesn't so much matter, right? Like you just need to be attached to the tree so that if you fall out of the stand, you're attached to the tree. Your tether height in a saddle plays a big role in comfort. So if you get to the top of your sticks, you pick the tree, this is a good tree. But when I get up to hunting height, you know, you get into some branches in a hang on stand, not a huge deal as long as you can get your stand in there and you can adjust your, your stand height when you go to hang it. And that's really your only consideration, right? You're going to, oh, I can't put my stand there because there's a branch. I'm going to lower it down, even if it's lower than my top stick. You know, so what? I'll step down into my stand versus stepping, you know, horizontal into my stand because there's a branch there and I, I can't put my stand there. With a saddle, if there's a branch where that, that comfortable spot is for your tether, now you're forced to either... And you don't know that until you've stepped up into your platform or I guess maybe you get enough practice and you can just look at it and go, oh, that's going to be right where my tether needs to be. I guess I'm not there yet. If there's a branch where you want to put your tether, you're either climbing back down your steps, resetting your platform and moving, or you're dealing with a tether in a non-ideal, at a non-ideal height. And that's where I mentioned earlier, you know, I did sort of suffer one time is I was in, that was the situation. There was a branch coming off the tree where my tether sort of needed to be. So my tether ended up being low and it was hard to get and stay comfortable in that situation. 
it was a little bit, I suffered a little bit on that hunt because I didn't know, I didn't pay attention to it. I climbed the tree, got to the height, put, set everything up and went to hook everything up. And it's like, man, my tether really needs to be like five inches higher, but there's a five inch branch coming off right here. I'm not going to, you know, five inch diameter. I'm not going to cut this branch off. I'm not allowed to cut it off. If I can't break it off, you know, it's like I've got to deal with it. And so you sort of suffer. I guess if I had knee pads and I could have sat in the, in the saddle more, it wouldn't have been bad, but I didn't. And so it was either sit and drive my knees into the tree and, and, you know, your knees get pretty sore doing that or, you know, stand and have the saddle at a non-ideal position. So tree selection is as important, I'll say as important as a hang and hunt tree stand system. There's still things that you need to think about. Leaning trees are a bit of a pain. And if there's branches where you are going to be at the top of your sticks, you know, can you put your tether where you need it to be? And if not, are you willing to deal with a non-ideal tether height? Or are you going to climb down a little bit, readjust your platform? You know, like there's just stuff to figure out. It's not any tree anywhere, anytime, you know, but that's another thing that you hear people tout is like, I can hunt out of any tree. Yeah, you, you can, but you know, at what cost and comfort, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. My, uh, I, I've never hunted out of a saddle. I've just climbed in years for a very short period of time, but I feel like I still rank a saddle. It is a tool to be used knowing, you know, I'm going in knowing that this hunt is not going to be a take a nap in the woods comfort hunt. You know what I mean? I'm, it's going to be not that it's going to be painful. It's not, but it's just a different mentality. I don't know in my mind. And I'm like I said, I've never even done it, but from hearing you talk and from just kind of brainstorming through how I think it would work, it's going to be like this hunt. I plan on going in here and killing this giant buck. And because that's my plan, I'm okay being a little uncomfortable Yeah. because I'm going to get this big buck. If it's just like a rut hunt where I don't have good evidence that there's a huge buck coming through, I just want to be in the woods all day. I feel like I would, it would just be, a, I'd be playing mind games with myself all day up the tree. Like, oh my God, this is horrible. Oh my God, this is killing me. My back, my knees, my feet. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I mean, so I'm saying a lot of negative things about saddles. I like my saddle. I I don't, I, again, I'm not trying to say that they're terribly uncomfortable. I think the level to which people fanboy over them and, you know, just sing their praises, there's nothing bad about saddles. I just think it's, that's not been my experience. 
like I said, I hunted till one o'clock one day and that's typically longer than I've ever sat. I won't say longer than I've ever sat in my tree stand, but like that's longer than I've stayed in my tree stand. Typically, you know, I, I want down, I want out. One thing I will say is like, because you're, and I, I'm the rut, you know, it's been warm. It's not, you know, I haven't hunted a lot of like cold in the cold, but I do sort of, and this is anecdotal. I I'm, you know, I'm sort of speaking before I have a, a full season's worth of evidence on this, but I sort of feel like because your legs stay engaged the whole time, like it's supporting your weight, you know, you can kind of, you don't want to like swing cause it's, you know, it, it, it is a little bit fun hanging in this thing, you know, so you can find yourself like up there wanting to swing back and forth in the tree, you know, and you're making a lot of movement, but just because your legs stay engaged and like you're, your core a little bit stays engaged, keeping your upper body. Like I, I kind of feel like I stay a little warmer in a saddle just because I'm not like sitting in a stand motionless, right? There's a little bit of like that, you know, like they tell you wiggle your toes in your boots to keep blood flow. You know, like there's a little, you can do a little bit of that, like, leaning, swinging, bend your knees, straighten your knees, like your legs are sort of staying engaged. I feel like maybe, maybe I stay a little bit warmer in a saddle than I do in a stand. So, yeah, I mean, I would imagine, I would imagine, especially your feet, you know, your feet get cold. A lot of guys complain their feet get cold. Yeah. Get cold. I feel like being in a saddle because of what you've said, you're standing, leaning, shifting your feet, you know, moving around the tree. You're, it's almost like you're walking, you know, it's right. best thing you do when you're freezing up in the tree. It's when you get out of the tree and start walking, all of a sudden your feet warm up. Yeah. It's kind of that, you know, your feet are engaged and your toes are moving and your ankles are moving. And yeah. so I can see that would definitely probably help. Yeah. So then the other, the last two things that I I'll mention is maneuvering a crossbow, you know, cause if, if you guys have listened to, you know, we all three hunt with crossbows, maneuvering a crossbow in a saddle is, uh, challenging a compound bow, you know, I think if you're a right-handed shooter, you hold the bow with your left hand. Guys hang the bow on the left side of their of the tree. You're facing the tree, right? You pick the bow up and you know, you you reach your hand across and hook to the string and you can shoot, right? Anything to your left side is like the you know, your strong side shots, right? You don't have to like cross the tether that's in front of you. You can kind of swing around the back of the tree. You can swing around, you know, 180 degrees and shoot directly away from the tree. Um, you can, I feel like maneuvering with a compound bow is easier than a crossbow. Crossbow you have, especially if you have, you know, an older bow where the limbs, you know, stick out to the sides kind of far or, you know, you've got a wider 
uh, that a wider triangle with the string cock, like that string triangle. Um, you, you, you know, I right now at least hang the bow on my left side. You've got to pick the bow up, sort of get the stock across the tether over to your right shoulder, which is your, you know, your bridge and your tether. So you got to kind of get the stock up and over that into your shoulder to where you can shoot. Now, again, you're facing the tree. So with a crossbow, you have limbs that are going to kick out as you fire the bow. So you've got to make sure that you're, you know, you're far enough away from the tree so that when the bow goes off, the limbs or the cams aren't going to hit the tree. Um, they're not going to hit your bridge or your tether, depending on how you're turned. It's, and I, I, I was afraid of that going into it. But, you know, that I knew that was going to be one of these things that, like, without sitting in one and, and uh, attempting it, it's kind of hard to know. It's kind of hard to know. So maneuvering a, a crossbow in a saddle is a little bit trick. I still think, like, you can shoot 360 degrees. You know, that's a, that's a big claim that they make with saddles. You can shoot 360 degrees around the tree. Yes, you can. There's just, again, like that fiddle factor, right? In a tree stand, you're facing away from the tree. You point at the deer, you shoot the deer. In a saddle, you point at the deer, you make sure that the limbs are going to clear the tree when the bow goes off, that, you know, there's just other things to think about. The other thing I've I've had to watch out for is, like, I'll climb, and if you've got branches overhead not like i mean i guess heavy branches but like you've got twigs and like limbs from other trees reaching over above you as you pick your bow up to get the stock across the tether and everything you're kind of lifting it up head height or whatever you can snag your broad head or your you know the the tip of your bow in the, you know, the, the foot stirrup or whatever in those limbs. And like, as you're bringing it into your shoulder, you're trying to be stealthy. There's a deer you're snagged in all these branches. And it's like, you know, like everybody you've, I'm sure you, you hook your arrow on a limb, the limb comes off and it you got that loud, like twang as it slaps back down onto the rails on a crossbow, you know, like it's just another like fiddle factor thing to think about, pay attention to when you're attempting to shoot a deer. And then last, but certainly not least peeing out of a saddle is another trick. Like, so I've, I've talked about, um, you know, hunting out of a, um, a tree stand and you're facing away from the tree. No big deal. You just pee. Hunting out of a saddle, you're facing the tree, and, and uh, you've got this thing around your... Now, it doesn't go over, you know, your crotch. It's not covering your zipper or anything like that to kind of keep it PG, but um, you've got all this stuff down there. You're facing the tree. You're on a platform that's only big enough for your boots, so you kind of have to pivot because I have figured it out, but you kind of have to pivot on the platform to where you're 
kind of paralleling the tree or, you know, facing 90 degrees to the tree. And, uh, you know, let it fly while, you know, while not letting it drip on you or, or anything like that. And so it's a little bit, it's certainly more difficult than peeing out of a traditional saddle or a traditional tree stand, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, you know, I, I've said a lot of like, I feel like I've bashed on saddles again. I like my saddle. I will continue to hunt out of it. I just feel like all the the claims of how great and wonderful and, you know, can do no wrong they are, are a little, could be a little bit misleading, especially if you're a person that's coming from only ever hunting out of like a ladder stand or a preset hang on steel tree stand. There's just a lot to figure out, fiddle with, learn, you know, yeah. I mean, my big thing is I would think in a saddle, basically there is no good shot angles ever. You know, that's the way I'm thinking here because if if the deer comes, you know, shows up from behind you, then you got to try to move around the tree, right? I mean, that's you would just pivot in your, you would pivot your hips and that rope, your bridge oh, would slide okay. through the carabiner and you would just uh-huh. pivot around. Okay. That's how that works. Yeah. Okay. So you can got to pivot to a side or the other. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. That makes a little yeah. more sense. Yeah. No, you're not having to swing around to the backside of the tree to then shoot behind uh-huh. you. Okay. No. Okay. I mean, that's still a pretty good amount of, I mean, not a ton though, but it's, still some movement well and and again it's like and and i guess you have this with a a hang-on stand right like you got to think about where you think the deer are going to come from right and most guys set try to set up to where the tree is between you and where you sort of think the deer are going to come from so that you can just kind of lean out to the left or you know swing a little bit around the tree to to be able to shoot the deer but the tree is blocking the, you know, most or all of your, your movement from the deer. And so guys feel like they can be more stealthy in a, in a saddle than, than in a tree stand. But, you know, I, I would agree if it comes in from an off direction, uh, you know, there's a little bit of figuring out how am I going to make this shot? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there would be a really large learning curve. I mean, yes, especially, I mean, because a lot of people have very different experiences in tree stands than I typically do. And I think a lot of that's because a lot of people only hunt the rut um, where the deer are preoccupied. But, you know, I've had experiences where I literally am like moving my hand and a deer catches me moving at 75 yards. Right. It sees me, you know? So it's like, I, you know, like any movement, you know, I'm really worried about. And with something where I'm not seated, you know, seated or like, you know, standing there statue still, 
I'd, I'd be really worried about movement. Right. You know, and I, and I guess the other situation that I'd be worried about is the situation where the deer's coming, like, you know, it's coming straight at you. Mm-hmm. And you got to kind of decide, like, well, is the deer going to come to the left or to the right of me? And if you pick the wrong yeah. side, then you got to, like, you know, I, I, I'm i not sure how that crossover would work. But that seems, especially if, you know, if it's like a bow and you're already drawn, you would you, you think you'd have to undraw and cross over? Or well, cross over. With a compound bow, I see two ways. There's either there's guys where they will just lift the bow up and over the tether and shoot to the what they call the weak side. Or if you have a platform, um, picture you're you're facing the tree. You stand up on your platform, pivot 180 degrees. So now that that the tree is at your back. The, t- the tether is coming up, and um, I, I think, you know, you would turn, and that tether is coming up your stomach and over your left shoulder. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like t- like um, pulling you to the tree. Your back's uh-huh. against the tree, and now you've, you've spun around, and you can shoot that, you know, what was your right side, but you've spun around 180 degrees. Uh-huh. And can shoot that left side, but again, right. you know, like your, it's there's a lot of movement, right? There. Well, and it's also just it seems very acrobatic, you know. Yeah. Very, very Cirque du Soleil or whatever, you know. Yes. Like, yeah. I yeah, don't know. it's yeah, definitely it's... like that's why that's why I keep saying like if you're a guy that climbs a ladder stand and hunts, this is, yes, it's gonna feel like. What the hell am I doing up here, hanging from this rope, swinging around? Like, it takes some practice. I should have, I mean, I played around in my yard. I should have practiced a lot more. Like, I would not recommend anybody go buy a saddle the weekend before season opens or the weekend you planned before you plan to hunt out of this thing. Like, I'm talking buy this thing in the summer shoot out of it, hang out of it while you're at a family picnic for a couple, like get used to getting up a tree with this thing, hanging out of it, maneuvering in it. Uh, Some guys you read and they, you know, they take to it like a duck to water and they, it's no big deal, but I could very much see maneuvering in it. What isn't, hasn't really been like a, a big issue for me. Um, but I could definitely see, you know, if, like I said, you're coming from a ladder stand or something like that, where it's like, holy crap, you know, like I want something solid under my feet to stand on and shoot. And like, this is not that. So any other questions? We've been going for a while here. No, I mean, that's (laughs) a lot to say on this one. That's basically all of my questions. I mean, it kind of sounds like, yeah, there's it there there's a niche for it, but it it doesn't really fit every hunting application. Yeah, I would say. You know? I mean, 
I would even argue that if you already have a hang and hunt setup that you like, you've got your system dialed and you don't want to reinvent that system. I don't know that there's enough benefit. You know, you've got a, a small lightweight stand and, and you don't, you know, you don't go up and down a lot of hills or something. And you're not like, you don't feel like, man, this is a lot of weight or man, this is a lot of like bulk to get through the woods with. I don't know that there's enough benefit in a saddle to worry about. If you're looking to go from like pre-hung lock-on stands or ladder stands and you're wanting to get into mobile, may, my, my opinion would be look at a saddle, um, but just know that a lot of the things that you read online, in my experience at least, is... Uh, they're not necessarily all true or they might not be all be true for you. And there's going to be a lot of, there's a, there's a learning curve to figure it all out, figure out your system. I mean, Jeff, you, you experience that just from going from a ladder stand type setup to a climbing stand, right? There's like things that you got to figure out to make getting up the tree hanging set up, you know, getting the stand where you want it. Like there's things that you need to figure out. It's just that much more. Right. With a saddle. So I could say a lot of good things about a saddle, but those things are, are, are what you normally hear. Right. I, again, I like my saddle. I will continue to hunt out of my saddle. I probably won't use my hang on stand much anymore. Unless I set it up somewhere and I'm going to leave it or, you know, I don't know. I don't plan on selling it just yet, but I like my saddle. I'll continue to hunt out of my saddle. I, you know, I'm not dissatisfied or unhappy that I bought it. I just wanted to bring light to some of these other issues that I don't feel like get talked about. I think all you hear is how great they are and wonderful and comfortable and mobile and, and like, a lot of that's true, but there are a lot of things that either I don't think are as true as people make them out to be or things that aren't talked about that I think, you know, people should be aware of. So I think that's a good place to yeah, shut her down. Yeah, probably a good place to shut her down. All right. If you're still listening, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for sticking this one out. I know it's been a long one, so we'll let you get uh, back to it. Okay, so that's it for this week. Hopefully this was interesting, maybe shed some light on some some questions or concerns you've had about, you know, taking the leap into saddle hunting. I hope I didn't paint saddle hunting in a in a totally negative light. That wasn't my intention with this. I just wanted to bring some attention to some of the struggles that you might find or might have when starting out in a saddle. You kind of need to either be the type of person that likes to fiddle with things and tinker and, and customize or just shell out the cash and buy the whole kit from somebody. That way you've got all the PC parts and you're not trying to sort of piece something together. They're a great tool for being mobile getting in and out of spots super super quiet 
and the minimal bulk is a is a huge plus in my book so you know some of the the negative things or struggles that i mentioned for me don't outweigh the benefits i get from a saddle so i will continue to use a saddle and i'm sure my setup will get better you know i'll continue to get things dialed in i'll be able to set up and tear down faster you know and it just with anything that you're trying new it gets better over time so with that like i said hopefully this was helpful or um you know shed some light on saddle hunting if you're if you're totally unfamiliar with it and with that i will let you all go and we'll talk to you next week with with another episode and Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.